Hello, and welcome to Small Business Happy Hour, a podcast where we interview a different entrepreneur or small business owner every week to hear their story. We chat about their business, passions, struggles, and all things small business. Oh, and we drink with our guests during the interview, hence the happy hour. I'm your host, Derek, founder of Yoga for All Humans, a fully online yoga studio. And I'm your host, Holly, creator of the blog, The Bitter Lemon, and author of many books. We are so happy you're here. Hello. We are back. We're um, back. We're episode back. two. Yes, episode two, and we're in the same room, so if it sounds like we're talking over each other, that's why. So who thought we weren't going to return? After <laughs> one who thought maybe we would just be one and done? Well, here's the deal, is that we actually have, what, like five episodes recorded at this point, so. Yeah. Yeah, our our strategy was to kind of knock out a lot of recordings on the front end so that we can record them on the back end and not be those people who, like, start a podcast and only have a few episodes and then stop, so. Yeah. We are, I, I feel like we're doing this, I, I keep telling people we're doing this like most small businesses, like we're doing a lot of things we've never done before, wearing a lot of new hats, and we're learning as we go, but at least the planning part, I feel like we have that, we have that part down. <laughs> yes, we are both people who have healthy anxiety. Um, and by healthy anxiety, I mean we have learned that it requires planning to cope with our anxiety. Yeah. Uh, so we're both good planners. Um, otherwise, it stresses us out not to be. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would say we complement each other in that regard. So, thank you everyone for listening to the first episode. And if you didn't, what song were you saying that Taylor Swift has for them? I. I'm not a Swifty, no one come for me, but I do know she has a song that just came out that's about karma, right? Correct. Karma is her boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So if Taylor Swift says it, uh, that's pretty much Bible as far as I understand. I mean, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, and I know we've guilted some of you into supporting at least Yoga for All Humans. For sure, yes. So... So you need to go buy Holly's book if you're feeling guilty about that. It's like already working. Yes, it is. Our plan, our evil plan working Mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. One episode in. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening and supporting. Um, Depending on where you listen, you may not be able to rate yet. I think Spotify makes you listen to like three episodes before you can actually. Oh, really? Three? Mm -hmm. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. So as soon as you can rate wherever you listen, please do. Uh, still working on Apple because they suck, but it'll be on Apple Podcasts eventually. Yeah, I I listen to it on Spotify. I I like Spotify, um, but I heard other people listening to it on iHeartRadio and I guess wherever you prefer. Yeah. Aside from Apple. Yes, but <laughs> Apple will be there eventually. Yeah. So, Holly, um, I feel like you have a lot of updates. from. (laughs) So, like, in full disclosure, it's been, like, a month since we recorded the last, like, intro of how our week went. So, Mm -hmm. from here on out, it'll be, like, a more regular update each week. Um, But it's been, like, a month since since we've updated on our lives. And Holly Mm -hmm. (laughs) has a lot to catch all up on. Yeah, I, my life right now is, is in a lot of, chaos 
basically with, you know, my career and things, but, uh, I know last time we talked, you know, I was feeling a lot of anxiety about having a possible mouse in my apartment, <laughs> which I tried to, I really tried to convey how much things, even just thinking about it is making my heart like thump right now <laughs> because I have constant anxiety about a mouse and the fact that I feel like I saw evidence of a mouse, like my world was turned upside down. But I just realized I'm in your apartment. I, that's now, what I was now, about, I'm kind of scared. I was about to say, um, because Derek doesn't know the update and he's sitting in I my don't apartment. Know the <laughs> I need to lift my feet. <laughs> So I did not catch a mouse. Okay. I have set multiple traps. And this is this is exactly what happens when something is like going on in my life, no matter what it is. Like I focus on that one thing and I Google everything. I do mm. all this research, try and figure it out. So I bought these traps. I also was handling the traps with gloves because you don't want the mouse to catch your scent. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also just. The mouse is in my house, <laughs> so it's going to smell me. But anyway, so I set two traps at first, and then I was thinking, well, what if the mouse is not in this area that I thought? So then I set more traps. It said to set them like whatever. So I set so many traps, and then I kept not catching a mouse. So I kept refreshing the bait. I have not seen any evidence of a mouse since the first. Oh, well, that's good. Maybe it's gone. So I don't currently think there's a mouse. Okay. I'm not too worried about it anymore, but I do still have the trap set. I feel like it can't hurt. Right? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it can hurt. No. I mean, there could always be another mouse if that mouse is gone. Right, exactly. So. Oh, God, I hope not. Where are the traps? I, don't, I haven't even seen them. There's one right about two feet from our feet. <laughs> but it's like hidden. I have yeah. them all very well hidden okay. because of A, my cat Blanche. Oh, true. And most of them are in, in there because okay. that's where the rodent would come and i'm pointing to my yeah. laundry room for our listeners okay. so it's not if there is a mouse in here it's not going to run by yeah. <laughs> if it does <laughs> the way i'm burning this building down so fast i'm out yeah no so that's the update it's not really an update but that's it no we needed we needed to know yeah, yeah. but i can rest at night so that's, that's really good. my concern that's good Jury duty. Yes. In the last episode, I believe I was being summoned like in three days. Correct. You hadn't even gone yet. Right. So I was summoned and I was indeed chosen to serve mm -hmm. on a jury, which. It was your first time on a jury, right? It was my first time yeah. on a jury. I feel like it's one of those experiences that you I mean not everyone gets to have. Yeah. I mean, I already got called out for not being selected. <laughs> So 35 haven't been selected. And yes, I have been registered <laughs> and have been voted. So I don't know why I haven't been selected or even summoned. The jury selection process was very different than what I expected. They asked, they told us information about the case and then asked questions related to the case. But then if you said, if you raised your paddle and said like, yes, that makes me feel, that question makes me feel one way or the other, that attorney asked you personally, like, what, why, what's your, what's your issue with this? And the, the subject matter of the case was so personal that the jury selection was so emotional. People were crying. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, if you wanted to not say it in front of everyone, you could speak to the judge privately about your answer to the question. Yeah. It took like three hours to get through all the question and then they, the attorneys and the judge deliberated and selected the jury, sat the jury, I guess is the proper way of saying it, 12 people and then one alternate. And it was a six day trial. So like a Monday through Friday plus a Monday or? A Tuesday through Friday. And then Monday, Tuesday. Yes. Damn. Yes. So you can even knock it out in like one week. That's right. Yeah, definitely going home on that Friday, which was also the first weekend of ACL. Oh. <laughs> and then coming back on the Monday, which yeah. I didn't go to ACL, yeah. but still just being downtown. Yeah. First of all, one thing I thought was really interesting was because I think everyone thinks about if you see a trial on the news or something and you hear how the jury deliberated and then what the verdict was, you're like, how could they come to that? And now I feel like I have such a different respect for jurors because it's so much different than like what you think, like the process and the evidence that you hear. And then the judge is basically asking you specific questions on what to answer. You're not just going in the back and say guilty, not guilty. Mm -hmm. You're answering specific questions from the judge based on the evidence and everything has to be based on the evidence. So it, nothing can be based on your expertise, your experience, your life. That's why you're not supposed to talk to anyone about it because then they don't want you to go to the deliberation room and be like, well, my friend who's an expert in this said this, everything that has to come from the evidence. So even if you don't know the definition of a word, if it wasn't shared in evidence, you can't look it up. Interesting. Okay. Which uh, it made me understand a lot. And I also found it very interesting to see, to, to observe how my brain was reacting to the different witnesses and to the different attorneys that presented the evidence. Because, okay. you know, one side presents all of their witnesses first, and then the other side presents all of their witnesses. And it's sort of interesting how, you know, they're the ones like narrating the story and your brain is like, okay, yeah, yeah, like, I'm <laughs> going along with them. Yeah. And then when the other side comes along, you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I actually really enjoyed and I really loved watching the attorneys facial expressions and their reactions to everything like a witness would get on the stand and say something and the opposing counsel would be like oh, and just act like that person's <laughs> so dumb the whole thing was so entertaining it was a family court case but it was so complex there was so many witnesses so much evidence and you can't even talk to your fellow jurors about it until it's time to deliberate. And they tell you from day one, like you can't do any more than say hi to the counsel, um, the witnesses, the clients. And every day you're going to this courtroom. And I remember on the last day showing up and the one of the attorneys came in at the same time as me. And he was like, you can go ahead of me, like to go through security. And I was like, no, no. Because if they think you're misbehaving as a juror by talking too much to the other side, like you'll be dismissed. Really? Yeah. So I was like, no, no, you go first. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It really was such an interesting experience. And I feel like I learned so much about the Texas legal system. And then at the end, the judge came back and she let us ask her any question we wanted. 
And when I got home, I Googled her. Yeah. And turns out she's like this badass judge in Texas <laughs> who is blocking all of Greg Abbott's like stupid trans laws. Well, since he just won, that's important. Yeah. So all around, I have honestly zero complaints. I know jury duty is such a big pain in the neck for most people, but given that I, you know, didn't don't have a job, <laughs> I was welcome. I honestly felt really, I felt really good showing up having a goal for the day, being with these 12 other people that were in the same experience as me. And I mean, we got to sit and listen to like a soap opera. Yeah. No really? Kidding. So huh. that was my jury duty experience. So yeah. Cool. Well, congratulations. I know. She gave, the judge gave us certificates. Oh, well, no. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else? The only other thing, which it's not a follow-up, but I was telling Derek that I've been so excited this past week because my Etsy shop, Bitter Lemon Digital, has been blowing up. Blowing up is subjective. Blowing up, <laughs> blowing, blowing up for me. Um, yeah, this has been something I've been working on slowly over the last three years, but I really ramped up doing a ton of research for the SEO and making tons of digital products. The whole shop is digital, hence the name. So it's instant downloads, printables, or things you can use on your tablet, phone, whatever. And I really just, I set up this shop in 2019 as a way to get passive income. I really wanted to put all of the earnings from the shop, like into a retirement fund. Like that was was sort of my goal for this shop. And I just have this image of like sitting on the beach, having a beer, and like ching 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 ching. <laughs> so I was really making very few sales, just enough to like cover because Etsy charges when you post a new item, you have to pay like 20 cents or something. So I was really okay. just making enough to like pay for this kind of running itself. But this past week, I made numerous sales and my revenue is over a hundred dollars for one week. Congratulations. And I didn't have to do anything. That's awesome. Well, you did things on the front end. Right, on the front end. But I don't have to pack anything. I don't have to ship anything. Yes, that's wonderful. The email is automatic. Because it's all like digital products. Yeah. So by digital products, like things people can print out or? Yes, a lot of it right now is printable items. However, I have probably 30 to 40% are items you could print or use like on your iPad, like journal pages that you could use, um, goal trackers. But a lot of the stuff that's selling right now are like visual bucket lists that you would want to print and are more. But the other cool thing for the consumer end of it is that once you buy this one file, it's yours. So if you buy something, you can print it a thousand times and it's yours. Uh, so that's why my challenge, I think after the holidays is going to be to keep people coming back and buying new items because they won't be repurchasing the items they already bought. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. So that's cool. I'm on my way to building an empire $2 <laughs> at a time. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> Mogul energy. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I mean, mousetraps, jury duty, and printables love it (laughs) riveting 
It is riveting. <laughs> <laughs> well, my week, if you're curious, um, today that we're recording is Saturday, right? Yes, yeah. Saturday. I was actually on, I don't have any updates from last time, but I was on a work trip this week, which I've, I've had to take a number of them. I just started this job three months ago, and this was my second one. And I'll be flying out again in about a month for another one. How do you feel about work travel? Like, does that, are you really into that? Are you neutral? Do you hate it? Hmm. Scale of one to 10. 10, you love it. I guess I would give it like a, maybe like a six. Okay. Like, I don't hate it. But for me, it's important to have balance. So these past two trips have been a little bit too close for comfort for me. Only like, like from the time you got home to then another trip. Yeah. Okay. Like they were only like a month apart. But the previous one, whenever I was in California, I was there for like a week and a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So that was a very long trip. Whereas this trip, I went to North Carolina and I was only there for like a total of three days. Okay. So that was more manageable. Yeah. Um, so I guess it depends on the length of the trip too. For sure. But California was nice to visit. My other question is, if you feel comfortable disclosing, what is this company that you work for? Like, how lenient are they with the meals and travel expenses? Like, are they letting you check a bag? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, everything is covered. Okay. Like, I can expense everything except for alcohol. Okay. Because every place I've worked at has had different rules for this, and I worked at a startup a few years ago that refused to pay for a check bag. That's crazy. No, it, it really pissed me off. That's wild. It really pissed me off because... So you're flying Southwest then. <laughs> and it's like... free bags. Now you're getting into like the stuff I'm bringing on the trip. It's really and... Well, and if it's a required travel, why would I pay for you to check a bag? Right. Like you have to check a bag these days. Like if you actually care about your beauty routine because there's so many of things the liquids, like yeah yeah liquids and like at that time i i've been a carry-on girly the past few times of travel as an experimentation but for the most part i like always check a bag yeah. and like i said until recently mainly because of the travel situation yeah. with all the check bags but i was super offended and it's like i just paid for the check bag myself but like it pissed me off yeah that's really shitty yeah and I believe if I'm remembering correctly they had a pretty strict like it was a number like a daily number for the food like more of a per diem than expenses yeah yeah we still turned in but they gave us each like a card which I thought was funny that is weird yeah uh I've, I've worked at places that had a range of coverage for the travel uh, I think that affects your experience with it, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, I have no stress because it's like... That's good. I mean, I pay for everything myself and then expense it. Right. I don't have like a, you know, a company credit card. Right. So, okay. Well, I'm glad at least they paid for stuff. Yeah. But it was a good trip overall. I mean, I had... The only delay I had was on the way back my last flight because I didn't have any one ways um, or direct flights, I guess is what it's called. Um, mm-hmm. my flight from Dallas to Austin, which oh, yeah. is obnoxious how close I was, was delayed by an hour. So I was praying the Dallas airport for like three or four hours and got kind of drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so, Are you a person that likes airports? 
I don't mind airports if, like, if I have a layover, I would prefer it to be longer so that I could, like, camp out at a bar. Mm. I really enjoy drinking at airports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. I love drinking at airports, even though it's expensive. Um, but I, I don't know, drinking at airports and just, like, sitting at a bar and people watching is very entertaining. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's so many people in and out. Like, you know, it, the, just the turnover is so yeah. quick, so. And it's socially acceptable to drink at any moment. It, it's the For same sure. as a casino. Yes. Like, you can do whatever with not a blink of an eye. Correct. I yeah. love that. I love a no-judgment zone. Yeah, time doesn't exist in airports. Even if you're on your way, to, like, rushing to get to your flight and you don't have time to drink, you can walk by and see all the people that are sitting at the bar drinking, like, a 45-ounce beer <laughs> at 10 a.m., I saw somewhere, I don't know if it was in the, I think it was in the Austin airport. Like there was a sign that said mimosas to go. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, that's good to know. The Austin airport is yeah one of my faves. Yeah. I, I do love an airport and I, I have some faves. <laughs> when I know, when I see like where am I coming through, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, um, at the studio this week was Veterans Gratitude Week, okay. which was actually more than a week. We had like standing classes most nights from six to seven, from like I guess November fourth through tomorrow, which is the thirteenth. Okay. So it was basically free classes for veterans every night. We partnered with a national nonprofit called Veterans Yoga Project. Okay. Um, to just kind of collaborate to get more people in class. We didn't really have a whole lot of people come. Um, but I mean, a few people is better than nothing. It's, you know, it, the whole point of it was to, you know, give back to veterans for their service. Right. So um, we gave back through free yoga. And maybe, you know, they'll be inspired to come to yoga classes in the future um, if they enjoyed it. So. Yeah. That's awesome. So that was the big happening at the studio this week. I guess other than that, I mean, that pretty much took up my entire week. Yeah. Getting ready to travel, you know. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to more chill. A more chill week this week. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So our next guest is someone who we both know. Yeah, our first guest, it's kind of funny, this is our second episode, but our first actual guest. Correct. And you will hear it in the episode itself that I didn't actually realize that Holly hadn't met her until the specific party that we talk about in the episode. Um, But Holly and I have known each other, I don't know, since we were both like early 20s. Yeah. Because we met at LSU in undergrad. Mm -hmm. But when did we go to this party? We, I mean, it was obviously after college. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were going to the boxing gym, so I guess we knew each other. So, yeah, because we met in college, but then there were times when we weren't connected. Right. And then we ran into each other again at the boxing gym. Yeah, the boxing gym. Was and we were like, wait that. a second, we know each other. <laughs> and we started hanging out like ever since then. And so I got invited to this party in New Orleans and asked Derek if he wanted to go with me just as something fun to do because I knew the person that was hosting it, but that's pretty much the only person I thought 
I would know at the party. Right. But asked Derek to come with me, and it was a white party, like mm-hmm. a wear white party, not to be confused with other white parties. <laughs> <laughs> and i guess what we're talking about is black she was not a white party <laughs> yeah. so derek agrees to come to this party so we decided to like make a day of it go to new orleans and we needed to buy something to wear to the party like a white outfit yeah and we were just gonna like hang out in the french quarter and then go to this party and so we did that and i honestly i remember the party but i was just thinking about like the whole day today because any time that I've had New Orleans has been memorable for one reason or another, including that one, because the day was fun. And then we go to this party and like the party ended up being this like fabulous party. It was awesome. That yeah. we, I don't think either of us really expected uh, just from the drinks that were served, the people that were there, the stuff they were doing, like we were just observing everybody and just like having a time. And then our guest was there which Derek knew her mm-hmm. and I didn't, but Derek, I think, I feel like you actually knew a few people at that party or maybe just the guest. I think it was just her. Okay. And then maybe a friend that she was with. Yeah. But I think I was just drunk enough to make friends. With yeah. Else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was probably what it was. No, it was a really fun evening, but I, re- I remember I was telling Derek that we met our guest and she was on the brink of starting this business that we talk about yeah. with her. And I like bought something. Cause I just was so, I thought she was so cool and wanted to support. And that was, I mean, that had to be 10 years ago. Probably. I mean, cause I've lived here I'm 35 for seven. now. Yeah. That probably was like at least eight years ago. Yeah, I've lived in Austin for seven years. That's crazy. So yeah, yeah, so probably like 10 years ago. Yeah. So that's so crazy. Yeah. And then honestly, ever since I followed our guest on Instagram, I reached out to her when Black Lives Matter went down because I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reaching yeah. out to all of everyone that I knew that, you know, was possibly feeling affected. And I was like, I really, you know, I don't know her well, but I was like, I just want you to know, like. I I love you. I support you. And now she's our first guest. Well, what a good segue into let us introduce you. Here she comes. Hey. Unmute. There we go. Hold on. There we go. Okay. Hi. (laughs) How are you? How are you? I'm good. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. But you haven't we haven't know. a very long time <laughs> <laughs> like I, I honestly don't know what the last time was um in was real it, life i really don't know right in real life was it that house party probably that holly was at as well yes that was like literally ages ago yeah i think that was probably the last time because then I moved. Right. And where are you now? Austin. Okay. Um, are y'all both in Austin? Yeah. Okay. I have so many people in Austin. I need to come visit. Yeah. <laughs> like literally I have, um, let's see, one, two, at least four people I know have recently moved to Austin. Nice. You know, are you, were you friends with Jonathan Schwinnaker? 
Yeah, I, yeah, he told me he just moved because yeah, he's there now too. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, we both didn't realize it until like one day, like because we kind of talk sometime on LinkedIn, and one day he was like, "Wait, you're in Austin? I just moved here like three months ago." I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely well, I'm overdue for an Austin trip for sure. Yeah, it would be fun um, if you came in like the spring. We could do like a Lake Travis um, excursion. That sounds mm-hmm. like something that I would love. Uh-huh. Well, welcome, Holly. Hey. Hi. Can you guys hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at her setup. I'm so fancy. <laughs> I just have my Britney Spears mic. I love it. <laughs> this is also my yoga mic. Okay, well, let's get started. So, hello, welcome, Fallon. Hi. Hi. <laughs> what are you drinking today? Um, I am drinking a margarita. Twins. Cheers. Wow, you guys are both having margaritas. I'm not. I I made. What is this called? I put. Uh, it's champagne with grapefruit juice. Is isn't that, that called? Isn't that called something? Is that a Paloma? A Paloma. That's that may be it. I because I could be completely wrong, but I feel like it's a Paloma. That sounds right. I'm googling it. it. <laughs> it something to do with grapefruit, and I feel like champagne. Yeah, I don't know. Um, no, Paloma is a tequila base. Oh yeah, but it is called something. I'm just gonna Google grapefruit. Uh, and because I feel like that has to be a drink, right? I know there's a name for like the cranberry one. I forget what it is though. That's a poinsettia. Poinsettia. That's right. Honestly, I'm not seeing like a cool name. A grapefruit. Which it just says like grapefruit champagne. Well, if you don't Mm. find one, your challenge is to come up with. I know. I'm like, that's. Or you could just add tequila and make it a Paloma. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it just is like grapefruit mimosa, which like, no, that's (laughs) poor, poor marketing. Whoever made up this drink, poor marketing. I think that was you that made it up. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I have some work to do then. <laughs> yes. Get back with us. So welcome, Fallon. We're excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. Fallon, we both know. So I know Fallon from back in the college days mm-hmm. in undergrad. We ran with the same party crowd for a bit. Because <laughs> I think that's how we met was with that whole group of uh, for sure, that whole group of people is like responsible for my social life in college. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's very real because that was like the only time I would go to Splash. Probably was like whenever they would get me, <laughs> get me to go. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. then Holly, how did you meet Fallon? I met Fallon at that white party that we went to in through you, right? what you didn't know Fallon before that party no because I remember we we were there um because someone invited me and then I asked Derek if he wanted to come with me and we got there and you were like I'm pretty sure that's Fallon and I didn't know anyone else there except for the person that invited me I'm pretty sure 
until, you know, we, we were mingling. Like, I remember we were, we had a really good time at that party and we met a lot of people. So I didn't realize that was the first time you met Fallon. I could have sworn like, in I feel like we were like social media friends before we were like real friends. That could be. Maybe you just like knew who she was. And in my head, yeah. I was like, oh, she already knows her. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, it was because I remember because Derek, you were like, I did not expect to know people here. Yeah, I was just going to a random party and then that <laughs> happened. I don't know how. Uh, it's I so know. weird. That's funny we that you guys that at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny that you guys knew each other in college. Yeah, I mean, we probably met like what, like sophomore, junior year. I mean, we no. were drinking age whenever we met. Yeah, no, I'm, and then also, like, I, I think I'm a couple of years older because oh, okay. I transferred so I was displaced for Katrina um and then mm. went back to New Orleans like when we could and then I was, was like oh, I think I want to go back so then I transferred but I was already like older than that whole group of people and okay. I just changed my major a bunch so it was probably like on par with like your sophomore year my like third junior I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a six-year undergrad. That's okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I was I was pretty close to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of undergrad, um, tell us about yourself. What did you major in? Who are you? So, um, little known fact: I actually was an art student at UNO for a long time before I made the transfer to LSU. And uh, sorry, my dog is barking. <laughs> um, and then uh, at LSU, I. Well, so I had a job and at that job, I met a friend and she was telling me about how she goes to LSU and she's there for apparel merchandising. And I was like, wait, that's a thing that you can Mm -hmm. do in college. So then I was like, I got to go. So I changed my major to apparel merchandising. And that's what I um, graduated in for LSU. Okay. The, the fashion program at LSU is pretty good, right? Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah. Um, that's where, because that's where Anthony Ald went from mm-hmm. Project Runway. Mm-hmm. I remember I did like a lot of feature stories on him, but it was always cool to go to that building and see like all the projects. Yeah, no, there were some was really. What he goes by, Anthony? Because I know it was Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Ryan Ald. Oh, funny. And that's one of those people. Like I don't know him, know him, but like we know a lot of the same people. And, yeah. yeah, especially because that program seems pretty like small. Like, yeah, people. What's funny is, like, one of my current, like, best friends, we were there at the same time and, like, we had classes together, but, like, didn't really know each other until, like, Mm -hmm. later. And we, like, connected later in life and we're like, wait, it's like, I remember, I clearly remember her and, like, she remembers me, but, like, we weren't, like, in that same circle and now we're, like, besties, which is funny. Yeah. That is funny. I was a fashion minor at one point. Did you know that? He's also a small business owner. If y'all need people to talk to. (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) We we do. We do need people to talk to. Yeah. Okay. So then what happened after LSU? Um, So after I graduated, I moved back home and started working. Um, Worked for like a few different places. One of them being like a local like business, like boutique. And then I was, I think I like got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm ready to do this. I'm like ready to go out on my own and like, just go for it. 
So I opened a store and I probably only had it for like two years before I closed it because I noticed like this weird kind of shift in the area. And I'm like, this is not, it's not what I thought it was going to be. So the one on magazine, right? Yeah. Okay. How Um, old were you whenever you opened that store? 27. I remember you being so young and just being like, God, she's so brave. She's so cool. It was like, you're probably the first person I know of that opened their own business. It was a great experience. Um, very lucky that I had the opportunity to even do that. Um, had a great support system, still have a great support system. But um, after about like a year and a half, I was just like, this is not, this is not what I want. Um, it wasn't making me happy. And I was like my only employee. So, you know, I was uh-huh. burned out. And I was like, okay, moving on. So I actually took a hiatus for a while. It was just like a movie extra and just like hanging out and like whatever. What, Pitch Perfect 2? Did you know that, Holly? uh, No. (laughs) I always calls it. I did a couple things, but that's the only one where like, you're like, like, oh wait, is that? Yep, yep, it's me. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) I remember watching it. Was that one filmed at LSU as well or in New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the scene that I was in, they filmed at the like BREC park on Highland or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I was so surprised. I didn't know she was in it. And then I I was just watching it. Went to like HBO and was like playing all the time. I got so many text messages and they're like, hey, were you? I was like, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Um, and then I like kind of like tiptoed back into like the uh fashion world and started working like more corporate retail again um did that for a while but I still kind of like maintained like an online like presence like an online store and so I kind of like did that as like more of a side gig it wasn't like my main source of income or work and it's definitely one of those things like you get out what you put in. And I, so I was not putting in like full effort, but it's still like, for me, it's not about like, I'm not doing this to get rich. I'm doing this because it's, I just like having like some sort of like creative outlet. So um, I definitely wanted to keep it going, but I was still like working a full-time job and running a little business on the side. So, wow. Yeah. So then that's kind of how it's been for a while. And then I'm, I'm getting more into like, making more time for like growing and like developing the online business. I have a partner now who is awesome. She actually lives in Houston and we kind of just like divide and conquer. So she does a lot more of the things I hate, like spreadsheets Uh. and numbers and all that stuff. And I'm like, let me do social media. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So, (laughs) so at one point, I remember that you, like, whenever you were moving or you were shutting down the magazine store, uh-huh. I know that you were talking about opening up a location in the French Quarter at one point, weren't you? Um, I thought about it and I looked around and I just didn't find that ideal spot that I felt like yeah. was going to be what I wanted. And then I kind of just was like, hmm, I can still, I was getting more sales online anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can maintain online sales 
and not have to run myself down by being my like employee who's there all day, every day with all this overhead. Um, so actually getting rid of the brick and mortar retail, I was able to like lower my price point because oh, yeah. I got rid of a lot of overhead. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely just out of curiosity, like having a shop on a magazine, because I'm assuming that's high visibility area. Was the rent like hella expensive? So um, the thing was, the rent was actually not that bad for my particular store, but I feel like that was for a reason. It was not necessarily uh, in the super high foot trafficked area. Okay. It was a little bit more like restauranty, antique okay. neighborhood, residential. So I was like, okay, that's the catch. Got it. Um, <laughs> So I just kind of was like, all right, this is not the spot for me. Um, I loved having that opportunity and I learned a lot from it. So I don't regret any of it by any means. I just realized that I don't think we've actually said the name. I know I was about to be like, it's okay. You can see the name of your business. (laughs) So, um, and that's the thing. So it's also transformed. So like on the magazine, the store was Rise. Um, Rise Nola. Right. I was trying yeah. to remember that. Oh, yeah. Rise Nola. Okay. Still have um the like big wooden sign that like hung outside the store. It's just like become like a piece of art. I don't know. It, it was a beautiful. It was a really beautiful sign. You know, holding on to those things. Yeah. But um, you should, yeah. Yeah. So oh. now we've shifted into Oliver and Grace, um, which is named for. So my son is Milo Oliver, and then my business partner mm-hmm. Megan, her daughter is Palmer Grace, and so it's kind of like combination of like athleisure sporty chic meets like on the go so like there's like casual um like gym apparel like if you're going out like after work like it's not necessarily it's it's more like true to I think who I am as a person Mm -hmm. um I think before I was always so concerned with like well, what's cool right now? Like, what do people want? And now I'm like, well, this is stuff that I really like. And people like not to sound whatever narcissistic, but it's like, people will always be like, oh my God, you look so cute. So I'm like, all right, clearly I have some sort of comprehension <laughs> of like what looks good or what I feel comfortable in. So uh, I think we kind of just like shifted into more of a like woman on the go. <laughs> like. Yeah. And we're going from the gym to running errands or whatever. And so it's like, it's easy. It's comfortable. It's functional. It's, it's real. As opposed yeah. to like, I think I, my favorite, I think my favorite garment that I had at Rise was this like sequin crop top shirt. And it was like, it was the cutest thing ever. It was like absolutely gorgeous. You could like dress it up, you could dress it down, but keeping in mind, like, I was 27. I'm trying to remember. I don't even know what year, 2012-ish. So Uh like we weren't even really into crop tops yet. Yeah. But I was like, I'm obsessed with this. Like, and so I think it was like a combination of just like, Nola wasn't ready for it. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I was about to say, um, for. That that sounds bad too, but like, you know, like, (laughs) Like, um, for, for people that are listening that have never been to New Orleans, like, how would you, I mean, New Orleans style, it has, has a flair to it. And like, could you describe? 
Um, like your, your take on the style. Yeah. I feel like new Orleans is very much a super laid back city. So a lot of what I see for like high fashion is still really casual. I mean, Mm -hmm. like we have our like heavy hitters who come and they are like ready to, they're dressed to kill, like head to toe. Everything is like perfection but it's really just an easy city. Like people want to be comfortable. It's hot here. Like you want Mm -hmm. stuff to be like breezy and like not show pit stains, (laughs) not be like completely just like stuffed sausage. Like you want to be comfortable and be able to move. Cause I mean, it's music, it's food, it's dancing. It's just like the whole culture of new Orleans is just, it is, there's no place like it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I was looking at the shop before we got on the call and like you're saying it's girl on the go, but I mean, there are some really unique pieces here. Like, I feel like a lot of people use that term, like woman on the go. And it's yeah. to me that, that usually ends up being like leggings in a general sense, but, but, you, have, but you have, yeah, but you have like, um, really cute sets and like pieces with like unique features. I feel like. Yeah. And I try to mix it up because like from one day to the next, it it really depends on my mood. Like some days I'm like, I want to look like a bum and wrap myself up in this like shawl poncho blankety thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the next day I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. Like I want to like dress up and be like sassy. So it's like, I wanted to like, we both wanted to make sure to have something to reflect like however you're feeling like there's going to be something for for everyone so it's like everything from like biker shorts to really cute like wide like pants or like big like oversized shirts that you can like I love the like look of like an oversized shirt that's like slightly tucked in it's just very mm-hmm. classic and like chic but like still effortless and like linen and things like that are still so breezy and like easy to wear. It doesn't matter how hot it is. So I like being able to like layer, you can add pieces, you can take them away, but like having like functional pieces that you can like use to create that like capsulated wardrobe, Mm -hmm. not just like biker shorts and t-shirt. Although right now I'm in biker shorts and (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. And it's fall. So there's a flannel tied around my waist. (laughs) Fall with quotation marks around it. Yeah. So you were saying you love New Orleans. Do you see that as your forever home? I'm just curious. So I actually, I grew up in California. Um, Did you? I did. I was born in New Orleans, but when I was three, My mom's job moved us out to the LA area. So I grew up there from the time I was three to like, probably like 11 or 12 before I came back. So like New Orleans is what I know most of, but I think like also having that like West coast, like upbringing, being very laid back and super casual. I mean, I think that's a part of my personal style and just like me in general. So I can't, deny that part of myself either mm-hmm. <laughs> I, didn't I always know that. that's cool yeah I always get the like you don't sound like you're from here I'm like that's because I was there long enough to get rid of the uh southern accent <laughs> <laughs> and Baton Rouge doesn't really have an accent so I get that a lot right yeah. and, and leave it to Louisiana to be like the most judgy place ever <laughs> 
people from here all the time are like, you, like where are you from? You can't. Be where from. did you go to high school? Uh, your accent doesn't sound like it's from no. here. Oh I my god. I did go to high school here, so there's that. <laughs> well, then they can judge you on that and not your your non accent. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. It's just, it is who I am. <laughs> so I've always been super curious with boutiques. Like how do you source your clothes? How does that process work? It kind of just depends. Like I have a few brands that I know and I love and I try to stick with them because they are good quality and they're affordable and I don't have to charge like an outrageous amount for them. Um, I have a lot of stuff like on hand, like literally my office needs to be organized right now, but um, I have like shelves of stuff and I have like a whole system of like where I wrap everything up and like how to like to send it out. Um, I also have a few brands that they have their warehouses and they will ship um, as orders come in. So that's been helpful too. So, um, and that way it allows me to add more variety without necessarily having to like incur those costs up front. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I I, I knew that there was probably more than one facet to it. That's neat. Yeah, no, I have a few that I like know and trust and like I've gotten stuff from them before. So like, I know that it's not going to be like horrendous when it's like what like those like side by sides of like what I ordered versus what I got like Mm. I like to make sure that it's going to be like what you ordered is what you get like not (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah how how far in advance do you shop for the seasons like we're in fall and like on your site now you have you know fall clothes but when did you have to get get those I kind of just do it as needed. Um, and I, I also try to keep in mind that not all of my orders are coming from people in the New Orleans area. So mm-hmm. that said, like I have some coats on there right now that I will probably never have the opportunity to wear, but somebody mm-hmm. somewhere will have a need for that coat sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, and it's always like pieces that I'm like, oh, I really want to keep this one for myself. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't need that. Like, I can't, like, I'm like, gotta make money. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the whole, like, I mean, even though they still do things like fashion week and like have shows in advance, like, I feel like real people don't shop according to the Paris fashion week schedule. Right. So I like, our customer base is more like average people who are not paying attention to like what's going on in New York fashion week or what's going on in Paris or London fashion week. So I, we tend to order as the seasons change. I mean, we just kind of like think about it maybe like a month or so in advance, but like for the most part, we just stay on trend with what is current. Well, fashion has changed so much. Like you worked at gene therapy, Mm -hmm. um, and designer jeans were huge like we were all obsessed and holly and i both worked at abercrombie whenever it was in its heyday Wait, what is gene therapy i know that i know that that sounds familiar <laughs> but what they is are, that um, they are a denim boutique and they specialize in like designer denim but um even them they like they have such a variety of price points now i mean it's just you have uh-huh. to get with the times i mean don't get me wrong like i feel like designer denim is definitely having 
another moment coming back mm-hmm. around. I think a lot of stuff is coming back around. Um, there are certain brands that stand out to me. I know. I love, I actually, I just recently bought a pair of seven jeans. Um, oh, yeah. funny. Those are yeah. nice. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't bought sevens in so long. And I was like, oh, but I love these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I bought what? Scotch and soda. Yeah. I had some scotch and sodas recently. And I was like, ah, this is, it's been a long time since I bought designer jeans. So I guess without even knowing it there, there I was right yeah. along with you. <laughs> they're, having, they're making, they're having a moment. Like it's coming back that whole like classic jeans and t-shirt jeans and mm-hmm. like, like a clean white shirt. Like it's always a look that you can pull off regardless of what is in style. Like that is something that is just classic. Mm-hmm. that's pretty much my uniform is like jeans and a t-shirt but I'll switch it up with like sometimes I'll do a button up sometimes I'll like have an oversized tee sometimes I'll have more of like a fitted shirt so it kind of you can like play with it and I think there's so many different ways you can wear the same outfit yeah definitely I'm for sure a uh a re-wearer I'm not gonna like wear this once <laughs> and never wear it again like I'm going to if I'm investing in it I'm going to wear it all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely we're also not rolling in the dough by any means like <laughs> you know yeah i'm like real. i'm just like i'm living my like middle class life you know it's good yeah. it's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm just now starting to like go more places and get back into like wearing actual outfits like for the lockdown and like for pretty much the last you know two years I mean I've been wearing lounge clothes in my house so I feel like yeah and that's the thing and like Oliver and Grace kind of started in the middle we we launched it in 2020 Mm -hmm. so um we were right there and we're like why are we redoing why are we launching a business in the middle of the pandemic but we started off like keeping it super simple with like loungewear and leggings and like athleisure and those things and so we've grown from there but I mean that is the core of who we are I mean Mm -hmm. that's what I wear like 90% of the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah so how was that when you when you launched like I feel like you hear mixed messages now about how things were like, obviously the economy was not great during the lockdown, but I do think a lot of people were shopping online. I know me personally, like I did so much shopping online. I still had income at the time. And like, I was the joy that I had was getting stuff shipped to my house. And so did you see like, uh, like what you would consider good revenue from launching during that time? Yeah. I was actually really surprised. Like I really, I had, after like having like a physical store and having a different like online business and kind of shift it to something else, I really had zero expectations, honestly. It was just something that like, I always feel like I have to have some sort of like creative outlet. Um, and if it makes me money even better, but I was just like, I just want to do it. And I just want to see what happens. And like, my partner was just like, all right, like, we're going to go for it. Like, let's do it. And she's still very much like in that mindset of like, all right, let's go. Like we, we got this. And so we just keep going and it just keeps surprising us. So yeah, it's been good. I love that. Speaking of creative outlets, you kind of have like an influencer 
presence? Do you consider um, yourself an influencer? No, I just pretend. I pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm probably like the furthest thing from like your stereotypical influencer just because I don't know. I just feel like there's certain things that I want to share with people. And if they like it, cool. I mean, I feel like most of the people who like engage with my posts are people that I know in real life. So it's like, it's nice to know that like people actually care, but I don't know. I just do it for fun. Like I just enjoy it. I love your influencer stuff. Um, It's what is your influencer Instagram handle? According to Fallon. An update on Fallon's Instagram handle, according to Fallon, was hacked. So her new Instagram handle for her influencer account is life according to Fallon. According to Fallon, right. Yeah, that's it. And it's just like, it's life according to Fallon. I mean, it is everything from like, um, I teach classes at a gym over here. So um, it'll be like me working out or sometimes it'll be like when I'm with other people who are better at being influencers than me, then I get like really good photos because they know what they're doing. I'm just pretending. Um, (laughs) so it'll go from like a more like fashion-y like photo to like me being sweaty and gross. So it's just like, I try to keep it real. That's my thing is like, I feel like there's so much on the internet that's just so fake and like, literally you'll see people and you're like, is that like so-and-so because like I can't tell it kind of looks like them but I'm not sure like I don't know I got I am who I am and I say that all the time but it's true like I don't know how to pretend to be somebody else yeah you always have been very genuine that's fair that was um probably why I was drawn to you at all those parties because there was a bunch of fakes up in there (laughs) (laughs) like don't get me wrong. I'm sure I had like my fake moment. And I think I've like had a few of those moments where like you get burned and you like learn lessons from it and you move on. And it's just like, all right, noted. Here's how we're going to go on in the future. Um, and so I'm just like, I think that another part of like just getting older is realizing that like, I don't care if people don't like me. And like, yeah. that's such a freeing feeling that mm-hmm. I'm just like, what you see is what you get. <laughs> yeah. It is a beautiful thing. Once you get to that point, it's very liberating. It's just like, I don't fucking care. You yeah. Know, it's all good. <laughs> That's cool. I like, I'm good. I got my people in my corner um, who I know are always going to be there. So it's fine. <laughs> I love it. Cheers to that. So I was curious if you were working full time and I thought you were because like working full time, having a business I feel you I'm right there with you Uh um and I don't have children you have a kid I mean I have a husband you have a husband too obviously but how do you juggle it all I can't imagine like um doing all of that with a kid yeah we really don't know um (laughs) but we try like if we make it work yeah and like I said we also have a really great support system so um but we always we make it work and we are pretty solid. We're like a super solid, like family unit. I mean, everything is like not always sunshine and rainbows, but I mean, we do what we got to do, you know? Yeah. So when you say support system, your parents, Um, yeah, my parents help out. They honestly, like, they're like, you could leave him here and like, come get him like in a year. 
And I was like, well, I appreciate you. I'm like, but he's mine. Like, I, I do <laughs> like my child. Like, I, I want, like, it's like a lot of people are like, I love my kid. I don't know since I really like him. I was like, I do like him. Like, and now he's like four. So he's like super funny. And his like personality is like coming through. And he's just like, he's a lot of fun to be around. And I'm like, I don't want to miss anything. So I definitely like, I do what I got to do to make it work. But I don't know. He's fun. I like it. I like being a mom. It's not something I ever like planned on. It was kind of one of those things where like after we got married, we were just like, and we, I mean, you know, we dated forever. Uh But after we got married, we're just like, if it happens, it happens. If not, like whatever. And then he's been like, so awesome. So yeah, I'm definitely a boy mom. Like, yeah, boy mom all the way. (laughs) He's so precious. Yeah, he is cute. Thank you. That helps. That's how my dogs get away with stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you think you'll have another kid? No, we're one and done. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yay, only children. Yes. Oh, you're an only child, <laughs> aren't you, Holly? Yes, I'm an only child. I know only children get like made fun of so much, but. It's the best. I feel like he would be a great big brother, but he's got strong only child energy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Um, I know we talked a little bit about um, like COVID, you know, running your business during COVID. Did you run into like, because I know all we've heard about for the past, you know, two years is supply chain. Uh Did you run into that issue? Um, yes, but more so with postage right now, postage is so expensive. And, oh, right. Cause there's like a shortage. Um, I had a few issues with packages not getting delivered or they'd be delivered and they were completely destroyed. Oh and gosh. I was mortified because I mean, customer service is like something that like I pride myself on, like, I'm really good at it and I enjoy it. And like making people happy is like part of that whole thing. So when I get pictures, like when we get these emails and I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. And that's like something that's out of my hands, which makes it even Mm -hmm. harder. Not necessarily supply chain, it's just postage Mm -hmm. and like packages taking forever to delivered or being delivered incorrectly or not delivered at all. And yeah, it's just... So that's been the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought postage. That's so interesting. I feel like even right now, like I was in the post office last week and people kept like coming up and being like, do you guys have stamps? There's a stamp shortage. And it's like, what? Like, it's so weird. And I, now that you're saying that, I do remember during the lockdown, like having packages missing, taking like three, you know, months, like. I kind of blocked that out of my head, but yeah, that had to be a nightmare for the business side. Yeah. That's wow. so interesting. Yeah. Cause like typically like I have a, we use Shopify. So like the second I hear that, like Shopify, like cha-ching on my phone, I'm like, yeah. all right, let me pack up this order and get it out as soon as possible. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I know it's out of my hands, but that's like, it's really hard that you have like all these things like working against you. Yeah, it's still a reflection like of your business, even though it's exactly like they're right. like the customer's not gonna care that right, like you know, 
they want what they ordered and they want it in a timely matter. So, and that that's their right as like a customer. So that's the hardest part is like dealing with issues like that, that are out of my control. Yeah. That's how I feel like at the studio, if like Zoom crashes in the middle of a class, like nothing I can control, but yeah. I, you know, you still feel like it's your fault. And, right. You know, customers do too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I love this question. So the internet is fun, but it can also be an annoying place. Um, throughout your journey, have you had any like trolls or anything that you've had to deal with? Um, I don't think so. Um, I get like, I'll get like random like comments from bots or whatever. Um, like, but no, no trolls. Everybody's been pretty, um, pretty positive. Like I try and keep like maintain a positive space on the internet, my little section of it. I think that I have kind of like weeded through the like negative people in my life who would have been the ones responsible for things like that. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure they lurk because, you know, <laughs> it's human nature. So like, um, I did one time get like, somebody was lurking pretty hard. Like they went like deep, like deep into the art, like archives of my Instagram and they accidentally double tapped an old picture. So I'm like, mm, I know you're look. I know you're lurking, <laughs> but no, no, no like actual or like comments or things like that. Um, and it's one of those things, like, I'm always terrified of like, when I do put stuff out there, I'm like, this is on the public internet. And like, somebody could say something mean. I'm going to be honest. I would probably just like delete it and block them. Like <laughs> at this point, mm -hmm. like I don't have the energy, I'm not going to like fight back with people on the internet. Um, I do. I'm, more protective of my space so like if i'm following somebody and i see them post something that i don't agree with i'm like i'm gonna unfollow or mute has been a great asset to mm -hmm. yeah um because there's certain people that would probably be like highly offended if you unfollow them but yeah but i'm like I can mute you. Like I might not be, like I might feel like obligated to still follow but I will mute. So um I just try to keep my little positive bubble. <laughs> yeah, that's, awesome. that's good. That's good. Yeah, I can't I can't tell you how many people I've muted. I know, I've muted 2016. a lot. <laughs> 2016 was a big meeting year oh, and then 2020 oh, as no. well. I actually yeah, I think I actually started a like whole new Facebook account. I was like, I'm just deleting everybody. I'm going to start <laughs> I'll oh, re-add you if you make the cut. <laughs> no, for 2016 and 2020, I like deleted and blocked people. Like I don't have a sugar coat for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, I actually had, this is crazy. Like someone in my life that we, we lived in different States, but we were like really close online friends in 2016. Like, I think I posted something on my Facebook that was, you know, political in nature, but it was not anything too like divisive, I thought. And she like un unfriended me on Facebook. And I just started noticing, like, I'm not seeing her stuff and like, we're not talking anymore. And I'm like, what? And so finally I had to like message her and be like, did you like, we're not friends now? Cause you just figured out that. I don't like agree with your politics and, 
And it took her a year to come back and be like, I was wrong for, for doing that. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. Um, but now <laughs> I do, I do use the mute and I don't know if you guys have seen this recently, but on Instagram, you can favorite accounts yeah. and those will be the ones that like come up first in your stories, which I like that. I think my favorite is when you think you're friends with somebody and then they show up and people you may know because they blocked you or unfriended you. And I was like, Oh, I thought we were already <laughs> friends. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I do oh, wow. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen that. That's yeah. I do know these people, but we're not friends for a reason. Like stop showing them to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's remove. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that's gosh, the internet. It's a fun place. <laughs> There's well, times where I'm like, I'm just going to delete it. I'm going to delete it all. And just like, yeah, my life. And just like, whatever it's gone like I want to delete it and then I'm like oh but like I ate this really good meal and it was also beautiful so here's a picture <laughs> I know I always think People that too to see it. I'm like I needs to see what I ate like <laughs> well and like for you like your business is online like I know for yeah. me like sometimes when I think like okay I'm gonna be done with Instagram but then I'm like how am I going to promote, you know, my Etsy shop or my book or my blog? Like I, I do get the push pull of it so much because I get aggravated with it very easily. Yeah. That is all the questions that we have, but is there something that you were hoping to discuss that we didn't, we didn't bring up or. Um, not really. I didn't, I had no expectations. I didn't know what to expect. I was just excited to get the text message to come on here. I've never been on a podcast before. <laughs> wow. Neither, neither have we. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like a friend of mine had a like long running podcast for a while. And so I would always like listen to it. And, and she's somebody that like, I like we text every day, but it's just like hearing the podcast. It's literally like having a conversation with her, even though like I can hear her, she can't hear me talking back, but um, I don't know. Podcasts have always like fascinated me. And I'm like, just joking, like I just heard podcasts, but I don't know what to talk about. Like, yeah, that's the same thing I told Derek. Like, just, what are what are we gonna talk about? And he was it would like, literally just be random, which is already what I do on Instagram. So I'm like, it's fine. I do enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we were talking about it, we were like, I was like, well, we bitch a lot about people not supporting other people's small business ventures so why don't we just center around that and just give more awareness to you know people that are really trying to make it you know and trying to make something thing, of their small yeah, business the one thing that i do want to say um is i feel like there's a lot of like just like negativity and it might not even be posted online but it's just like things that you like overhear people saying about like, well, this about so-and-so and this about so-and-so and like, I can't believe they're doing that. And it's just like, there's so much hatred on the internet and it's like business owners against business owners. And it's like, I just want everybody to understand that there is room for everybody. And like, mm -hmm. we can all win. It's <gasps> just a matter of just being 
nice. <laughs> like, and it's not even like, you don't have to be nice to people you don't like, but it's just like kindness goes a long way. And I just feel like there's so much like just pitting people against each other. And it's just like, there's room for everybody. So I don't feel like, I think I used to, um, I used to feel threatened by certain people and I would always be like cautious about like what I said around them or like how I was around them. And it's just like, for what? Like, it's Mm -hmm. fine. Like they were doing their own thing. I was doing my own thing. Like there was room for all of us. And I think that was like a big thing that um, I want people to know and hear is like, it's okay if somebody's doing the same thing that you're doing because there's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. When I, when I was teaching the blog class, like I taught at LSU and at UT, the one thing people always ask me is like, how am I going to stand out? Like there's a million blogs out there. And it's like, because you're you and like everyone's perspective is different. Everyone's like story is different. Everyone's life is different. So I mean, yeah, people can try and like copy your business idea or your blog idea or whatever, but it's not going to be the same as yours. Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, I don't know. I just remember like sitting, um, in the shop on magazine and being probably at like the lowest point in my life. And there was this like particular, um, other small business owner who was like, essentially making my life awful because I felt like everything I did immediately after they would do mm. and was like I and I was this, the new kid on the block like I had a very small following this person had a larger following so it looked like I was the one who was like doing what they were doing and I'm like this is driving me nuts and it was literally mm-hmm. I was just like this is not even it's like it's not even fun so I just like if people would just get over themselves and like it's okay like everybody can win mm-hmm. I love that. That is well said. That's a very important message. Yeah. Um, Because I've, can y'all hear the ice cream truck? No. (laughs) Did y'all know that there are still ice cream trucks that drive around neighborhoods? I did, but like the fact that it goes through your neighborhood, like you should have paused everything and ran outside. (laughs) My lactose intolerance may disagree with you, but... (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Maybe maybe ice cream. Listen, I don't have dairy free options now. Stop me from. I I feel like the food truck. These the twenty twenty two food truck has to have vegan options. Surely, (laughs) gotta be a sorbet. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That is that. I love that sentiment, though. Thank you for sharing that, Fallon, because I do think that's important. Um, And even like with people you disagree with, like what's the point in trying to tear someone else down? Like, yeah. you know, it's, I think if more people could have open, honest conversations with each other without just like shutting down and getting defensive and nasty that we'd be in a better spot overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So tell <laughs> us, um, <laughs> Tell us where, you know, where we can find you online. Where's your, where, where can we find your shop? Um, online, it is sh- uh, www.shopoliverandgrace.com. Um, our social media is at Shop Oliver and Grace. Um, we're also on TikTok. It's all going to be at Shop Oliver and Grace. Ooh. Um, and then my quote unquote blog, um, I can't, you can't 
see the air quotes on a podcast, but y'all. Can <laughs> <laughs> um, my quote unquote blog that I write on maybe twice a year is um, according to Fallon.com. Same thing for the socials is according to Fallon on um, Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Again, please note that Fallon's Instagram handle is now at life according to Fallon. And I'm definitely more active on um, Instagram. I'm trying to get into the whole TikTok world, but I'm like, I am not a dancer, y'all. So I got to like work with what I can do. (laughs) I'm also like turning 37. Like I'm not going to be out on the internet doing TikTok dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I'm more active on Instagram. Um, than I am on the actual website blog, but you know, maybe, maybe there'll be a post soon when the podcast is coming out and I have something to write about. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, and good catching up, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll see each other again. We will I know, not make that white party. I got so many people in Austin now, so. Yeah. yeah. And I'm telling you, we could have such a fun little bit party. Yeah. Because <laughs> Lake Travis is so nice. It's one of the few places where I actually get in the water, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, you want to get back to your festival with your hubby and your baby, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure he's like, where is she? (laughs) (laughs) There's this like play area there. So like all Milo wants to do is like get on the big bouncy house thing. Um, And so there's no shade in that area. So we were literally just sitting in the direct sun while he was like living his best life. But you know, that's what you got to (laughs) do. Wow. (laughs) I see that parent out there with an umbrella. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's one of those things, like I see people with the chairs and the umbrellas and I'm like, I hate carrying them, but I see why people. True, true. Yeah. Yeah. I forget that you do Maybe I'll be nice and bring them a chair. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming. It was good to see you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Of course. We'll see you all soon. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Holly, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at OrangeJulia7, also on thebitterlemon.com and on Etsy, Bitter Lemon Digital. And Derek, where can people find you? So I am on Instagram with my personal account at Yoga with Derek, and that's D-E-R-E-K, spelled the correct way. And on Instagram for Yoga for All Humans, it is at Yoga for All Humans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, Don't judge my TikTok game. I'm still learning. On LinkedIn, you can sync up with me, Derek Hagler, on there. And Yoga for All Humans has its own LinkedIn account as well. And of course, yogaforallhumans.com is the studio's website. Small Business Happy Hour has its own Instagram account at Small Business Happy Hour, or you can email us at smallbusinesshappyhour at gmail.com. Cheers. Cheers. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.